Welcome back to Miyazaki and Me. I'm Kyle. And I'm Shane. Uh, in this episode, we are going over uh, Miyazaki's third feature film, Castle in the Sky. Or as it's known in Japan, Laputa, Castle in the Sky. Uh, Laputa being taken from Gulliver's Travels. Uh, Miyazaki took it right from there. They did not know that it actually meant the whore in Spanish, though, so they had to change that for the American release. Yes, it, it is one word, not two, for the American release. Yes. So, Well, for the American release, they dropped Laputa completely. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, they still refer to the island as Laputa. Yes, in the movie they do. Yes. yes. Um, but it's, it's one word instead of two. Uh, so, yeah, Castle in the Sky was released on August 2nd of 1986. Uh, it had a budget of one of three point three million dollars. So, how much did it make? Uh, not much. <laughs> um, in Japan, it made eight point one million, uh, which was down from the thirteen that Nausicaa made. Um, and worldwide, through the various releases, it has made fifteen point five. It's still, I mean, made money. Uh, that was also, some of those releases were up to the 2000s. Got it. So, there, there's that. But yeah, this was, this was an interesting film, uh, for sure. Um, I didn't like it as much, um, as some of the other ones that we covered. I, I enjoyed this movie. It's a, it's more of a actual film the nausicaa was so like there was a beginning middle end end that wasn't 4800 plot points that you had to all connect together um all in all nausicaa is the better movie of the two i would say um i think that this one even took a little step back uh animation wise the nausicaa as well yeah that's like i i didn't look up the budget until just before this and I would have thought it was flopped. Um, I would I would have thought it was flipped because Nausicaa, you know, had a one point seven million dollar budget, um, and this had a three point three million dollar budget. Um, so, you know, I would have thought that Nausicaa would have been the bigger budgeted movie for sure. I would have guessed that as well, but I mean, it also shows uh, as we talked about with nausicaa they use uh they use some really cheap options that ended up being really good for them yes that's true so um well this one they they went for the more uh established uh artists and things like that you know they had they had top craft as we talked about you know for for nausicaa and at this point top top craft had kind of disbanded as we talked about in the previous episode so probably having to bring all of those people in house uh, was more expensive. Yeah, being as this was the true first uh, uh, Ghibli movie. Yeah, this is. Yep, this is the very first Studio Ghibli proper movie release and everything. Um, and yeah, so and they had some stiff competition coming out this year. Um, this is in our animation timeline section. This is the big challenge where, like, other years it's it, it has been pretty definitive. Like, well, one of the Studio Ghibli movies was probably the best animated movie of the year. This year, I don't know if we can say that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, some of the 
some of the lesser tier were like My Little Pony and the Heathcliff the Heathcliff movie. Uh, we also had the very first Dragon Ball feature movie, uh, Curse of the Blood Rubies. Uh, Care Bears 2, The New Generation. Uh, but then the big two that also came out were uh, The Great Mouse Detective and An American Tale. That's that's some stiff competition. Um, oh, and also tra- also Transformers. Robots in Disguise, they're so yep. good. That movie was so good. Yeah, One of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Um, uh, 86 was a good year. 86 was a very good year for animation because we had th- that as the films and then TV shows, Dragon Ball started, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam ZZ, um, the real Ghostbusters, and the new adventures of Johnny Quest all started in 1986. Uh, so this one, uh, once again, we watched the uh, the English dubbing, uh, and lots of lots of stars for this English dub, um, and and some of them not playing, you know, top of the top of the card uh, lead characters because uh, uh, someone, a couple people down on the down on the list here, uh, Mandy P- uh, Patinkin, mm-hmm. uh, many of you might know as Inigo Montoya, uh, yep. who played Louis in the movie. Uh, Andy Dick played Henry. Uh, those are two of the sons. Uh, okay, I was going to say, like, those were the sons, right? Yep, yep. Uh, Jim Cummings, you might also know him as Winnie the Pooh, was the general in this movie. Uh, and then the, the, top of the, the top of the list here. Uh, so uh, Colonel Muska, the lead uh, villain, is played by Mark Hamill. Uh, and you can tell it's Mark Hamill right from the get-go. Yep. Uh, also, 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 Muska with the uh, keeping with the Miyazaki tradition of a villain with an ascot. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> uh, uh, Captain Dola, uh, who is the leader of the pirates, is Cloris Leachman, uh, keeping with the tradition of a of a wise old lady that kind of teeters on good or bad at, at points in the movie, but is is helpful for the plot. But she was fantastic. So oh, she was she was great. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then the uh, the two leads, uh, Pazu and Princess Sheeta, uh, were James Vanderbeek uh, and Anna Paquin, which at this time in 1998, when the this was dubbed, were uh, one was cu- was doing Dawson's Creek, and the other one was coming off of the piano. Question uh, come, yeah, coming off of the piano and just about to start X Men. Yep. Yeah, because uh, yeah, the piano is like 92. Oh, okay. Yeah, piano's like early, early to mid '90s. So, so this, this is like her in between time of of when she won the Oscar and then when she got big again. Yes, like I said, it's yeah, it's just before, um, it's just before uh, X Men would start. Um, and shockingly, um. So we realized oh, in recording the last episode, um, and we'll we'll appreciate some feedback in this. Uh, we didn't want to go beat by beat of the story because we figure a lot of you are watching along with us. Um, so we're not going to go beat by beat because that ends up being, you know, an hour and a half long podcast, and we were trying to keep these under an hour. 
Yeah, um, we, we found out with Nausicaa, we were trying to give the, the, the gist of the story with most of these, uh, but with Nausicaa, we, we realized that, um, like I said, it, it's it's more of a 24-episode series in movie form, so there was just so many uh, beats that we were had to hit, I felt, to tell the story properly, that it just went long, and we, we don't want to do that to you guys, we want to... We want to give you something that's containable that, you know, our podcast shouldn't go as long as the movie itself. Yes. Uh, so we're going to speed that up a little bit for this. Yeah. Part. So we're going to speed that up. But ironically, so we're just going over a few of our favorite scenes. But ironically, though, one of my favorite scenes was the opening scene. So um, we start off right away with an air battle because it's a Miyazaki film. Of course. Uh, this actually... Uh, Fun fact about this air battle, um, this was considered one of the early uh, and bigger steampunk uh, breakouts and actually caused a trend of steampunk uh, animes because of, that, because of how, what they did with all this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I like, yeah, so so we've got, we've got the pirates, it's as I'll refer to them, kind of storming this, uh, this airship and... They, they are trying to, you don't know what they're looking for at first, but you then see this little girl, uh, who would be Sheeta, um, in, and we kind of realize she's sort of, uh, trapped and like kind of under capture. Yeah. It, it kind of starts interestingly because, uh, it looks like she's just kind of hanging out in a room with what could be butlers or people there are just kind of protecting her. Uh, and you realize once the pirates get on there and she attacks the people that were in the room with her, that that is not the case that she is, she is being forced to be there. Yeah. She's being forced to be there. She, she grabs this necklace that you can tell is important to her and then goes off the side of this airship. Um, and is like trying to sneak out to like crawl across us um to get to another room to escape the pirates um but as she goes to escape the pirates she falls off the ship and it looks like she just falls through the clouds and to her death but uh, you know that would be a very short movie and it was that was the end yeah that was that was the end of the movie um it definitely wasn't like that crystal magically saved her and she floats down safely um, until actually Pazu uh, catches her. Uh, yeah. And this kind of leads into one of my favorite moments um, there, you know, they, they have a little sweet scene and, and, you know, them getting to know each other and, you know, gaining some trust. Uh, and then you find that the, uh, the pirates are coming and searching for them and they have to flee from these pirates uh, so they run down into the village, and uh, they the boy runs to a gentleman that has already been introduced as his boss, uh, saying that he needs help. Uh, so he ushers them into his house and then has a uh, uh, a scene that is reminiscent to me of when um, uh, General Alexander met uh, the uh, teacher's husband in uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood of like a flex off. Where they just they just do a, a manly off in the middle of the street and then eventually start fighting, um, and it was just it was just a funny fun scene, uh, and it, it drives them into a a 
bigger chase of trying to escape from first the pirates uh, and then the government, uh, you find out, is who they were uh, They were up. It was actually the military uh, that was holding her captive. So that she, they're trying to... Uh, uh, Sheeta and uh, and Pazu are trying to escape from both entities and eventually end up falling into um, uh, a cavern. Yep. Yeah, they, they end up falling into the, into the cavern. And uh, yeah, one, one more thing about the, the flex-off... Um, I love that even some of the the onlookers, as they're you know squaring up to each other, somebody just yells, "Make your shirt explode!" And they do, and they do, which is the like that's the thing that you can get away with in animation that you know in live action it would be really stupid looking, um, whereas in animation it's fun. Uh, and uh, Kyle can attest to this. The second that started, when one of the uh, the sons were was involved with that, I looked at what he was doing. and I went, "He's going to be my favorite character in this whole movie." Yes. And yes. Spoiler alert: He was. He yeah. He he definitely was your favorite character in this movie. Uh, yeah, we we could tell right away. You were giggling so much, um, and it wasn't because you were intoxicated. I mean, that probably helped. It does it at times for giggles, for the for all the giggles, um, but yeah, they they meet another old crazy guy in the caverns. Um, he of course at first thinks that Pazu is a goblin, um, and is like, "Oh, young goblin, you look a lot like Pazu, but my eyes are old and I can't see very well." So I'll just trust that you're you're a good goblin. Uh, but he's a, he's a nice little plot point because he essentially tells them a little bit about the crystal that she has, the Ethereum, uh, letting letting her know that it is magic uh, and it's bringing. Uh, he uh, turns. There's also a nice, like, pretty scene in this too, where he shuts out all the lights and you see the rocks glowing uh, throughout the cavern. And that's when he's, you see her stone, uh, her crystal glowing as well. It's 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 a really just nice visual scene. Yep. Yeah. Um, which which and, you which you know had to have definitely been an influence for uh, a scene that comes up later uh, in Avatar: The Last Airbender. When yes. when they shut off when they shut off all the lights and have to follow, you know. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a really uh, and that was that was one of the beautifully animated scenes as well of just wow, this is like I said, I think Nausicaa looks a little better, but there are moments throughout this movie that uh, you can see it's like wow, the animation is drop dead gorgeous at points. Oh, very much so. Uh, they do a really good job with with the the flying machines uh, with the different steampunk airships and everything that that's that's a lot of fun uh that i i think that the that nausicaa is a better looking movie in general but this one does have a little bit more crispness to to some of yes. it uh that nausicaa doesn't have that nausicaa feels a little more um not rushed uh but a little more 
amateur in certain aspects that that this doesn't have that feel like this one has a little bit more smoothness yeah i I agree with that um uh but to continue on with the with the story of the movie itself uh they then they uh she essentially gets gets captured by um uh by colonel muska uh uh, colonel muska and and gets him uh released as well by agreeing to go along with them uh and then we get introduced to a robot yes um these robots a uh, fun fact about these robots this is not the first time that they've appeared in a miyazaki uh uh piece of animation okay uh they actually originally appeared in lupin the third Ah, I thought they looked familiar. Yep, the long-armed robot first appeared in Lupin the Third, not in the movie, uh, not in Castle Cagliostro that we watched, um, but in some of the episodes. Uh, it appeared in a uh, the the last episode of the second series uh, titled "Lupin Whom I Loved." Okay, which which that one, um, Lupin Whom I Loved, was directed by Miyazaki. Um, <laughs> And uh, some of the animation uh, layers um, of that were actually used in Nausicaa. And then, yeah, now it sounds like one of the character designs uh, was used, you know, for this movie. So that's cool. Yep. Yeah. The, the, so the robot is pretty much the same robot as this movie. And the girl from that episode is actually pretty much the same design as Nausicaa for Nausicaa. So it's, okay. it's, uh, he definitely took a lot from, from that episode that he did. Um, I just thought that was a fun fact there. Um, so at this point she's in the castle. Uh, she is trying to get away from her captors. Uh, and, uh, while this is happening, uh, uh, Pazu has actually befriended the, the, the pirates and told them that he'll help them get the crystal. If he helps them save her. Yeah. Yeah, Pazu makes that deal as the pirates just took over his house that he just left. Um, the, the pirates are fun in this. They they, they they are. It starts out in a nice, interesting way where you don't really know uh, if the pirates are going to be good or bad. I had a general idea that they were going to be good from the get-go, but yeah. um, but you, you, you don't really know from the beginning and from the initial chase and everything. Uh, and they, they are very much comic relief uh and very very well done they they were the three old men in in nausicaa like th this is also a bit that that happens a lot where that you're gonna have that co those comic relief characters and a lot of times in miyazaki it is a trio of people yeah yeah the comic relief the greek chorus as we called them you know yep so yeah they so they all go and like uh, Nausicaa like ends up this robot comes back to life because of her crystal and starts attacking this like castle and chasing after her because um, yeah a lot of a lot of the the scenes that I liked were these were these like little chase scenes and yeah the the the, the robot keeps going after her and she scales this tower to escape from it. Um, and then she's about to, you know, have to like leap off the tower and then the robot grabs her. And then she actually tells the robot to put her down 
and the robot puts her down. And then that's like when she realizes like, wait, I can control these robots or at least that's the impression that you get um, because she's still wearing the crystal at that time. But then the government airships start doing an air an airstrike and they destroy the robot and the tower. Uh, but while this happens, uh, uh, Pazu comes in and, and with uh, with Captain Dola and, and saves Sheeta. Uh, she does drop the crystal. Uh, the crystal, at this point, has actually been powered up to find the 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 castle in the sky. Um, you find out that that her full name is actually uh, Lucida Toel uh, Ur Laputa, um, which is the name of the castle in the sky, Laputa. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and they... and, the, and the earlier part of that name means like um, is is like ruler of, you know, is her family name. So, yep. So, so they decide that they uh, that they're going to stay with the pirates and try to find the castle, while um, the military is also doing the same thing because they have the the jewel, uh, the the crystal, to find it and point them in the right direction. Yeah, and and anim- um, and, and animation wise, during this fight, um, before Pazu rescues her, uh, before Pazu rescues Sheeta. Uh, him and Dola are on the aircraft and the aircraft just stops working and just plummets and you get the plummeting all the way and Pazu's trying to grab the controls and get everything back under control and just as they're about to hit the water he pulls back up and goes and then finally rescues Sheeta and that was a really intense moment and I really liked that a lot uh, so when this gets when they get back on the airship, you meet the father of the uh, of the sons, the, the pirate sons, and this is actually leading to my next favorite uh, piece in the in the whole thing, and that's essentially everything that happens on the airship. Everything <laughs> that happens on the airship. Yeah, it's it, it's just a it's it's just a fun sequence, you know. It's um, there's there's sweetness to it with uh, near the end with Sheeta and Pazu uh, up in the crow's nest together, uh, keeping a lookout. There's there's, you know, fun uh, a funniness to it where all of the people on the airship keep sneaking into the kitchen uh, to help out and impress um, uh, Sheeta yep. while she's cooking and cleaning. And uh, this is this is also something an interesting change that happened to the English version that I found out. Okay. Um, in the Japanese version, they are all treating her like a mother that they see her as a mother figure. Oh, okay. But in the Americanized version, they they see her as like a love interest, which is weird because of how young she is. Yes, I, I was so, wondering. Yeah, I was wondering if that was a, a lost in translation moment as well. Um, yeah, they 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 seemed. I don't know why they decided to make this change in the English version, but it it uh, they uh, they the the mother part of it made a lot more sense to me. Um, yes, but I guess they thought maybe people wouldn't understand it because of how young she is, but yeah. Um, I, I do like in the course of, uh, her being on the ship, uh, her and Dola, uh, Dola grabs her and it's like, you got to start dressing like a pirate, like a real pirate. And then gives her these stupid baggy looking pants. Um, Pirates all dress like MC hammer. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, okay. Those are, you gotta wear MC Hammer pants to be a pirate. Okay. 
Um, uh, and, and yeah, I, 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 I too uh, echo your sentiments about the the little scene in the crow's nest uh, between yeah. Sheeta and Pazu. And there's sweetness all throughout the uh, throughout the ship during that too, because you find out that everyone's listening into them. Uh, they can be heard throughout the ship, and they're saying good things about Dola, and they're and they're talking about what they wanted to do, and you know they show the sons, and the sons are crying because they they just find it so sweet, and it's just a really nice moment. Yeah. Um, and this moment lasts an okay amount of time, but this leads right into an air battle with the with the military, though. Yep. Another air battle, which which was cool, and actually we find out through the course of this air battle, I, I love just how uh, kind of uh, quickly uh, Sheeta is to adapt to situations because they're they're on this like t- uh, telephone thing um, that's not really a telephone; it's more the pipes up in the crow's nest and she's like well you can't you've got to um we're like hey we're gonna detach the crow's nest and fly above to scout um and you know dola is talking to sheeta through the the little air shaft thing and it's just like hey you can't do that if you do that you've got to call me on the telephone instead and then the telephone rings she's like oh this one Yeah, it's 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 a fun little moment. It's a fun little back and forth. It happens so fast that uh, you can tell that she was already calling her on the telephone while the 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 line is being said. It's yep. just, it's 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 just it's just I don't know. There, there's a lot of sweetness and a lot of humor to this movie that I that I really did enjoy, uh, and it shows off. Um, it might not have completely paid off in this movie as a whole, but it really shows off uh, where the Miyazaki films are headed. Um, yeah, I can, I can see that. Like I said, I think me not enjoying it as much, um, might've been just, it, it, it almost counteracted too much from Nausicaa of Nausicaa being so bloated with story and this kind of being a little light on story, you know, to make well, up it- for that. And like, I think the, the, ch- watching them back to back was kind of jarring. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, this one, they, it needed less explanation to let you know what's happening. Yes. So at no point did I feel like I needed more to really, to, to feel out the story itself, which was nice and refreshing. Um, very different uh, in, in style um, when it comes to that, but, but also a lot of similarities there where, the, it, it it's the same beat by beats like style of storytelling from Nausicaa. Yes. It's just different because there's so much less information needed. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much less information and so much less backstory needed. Um, but yeah, as, um, as the government is attacking, they also uh, start going into this storm and, uh, and that's part of why so Nasika and or uh, Shida and and Pazu uh, actually tie themselves together in the in the lookout crow's nest um, so that they don't get separated um, because they're getting whipped wildly 
in this storm and then they um they crash land eventually um after a really it was another interesting storm animation of you know those simple techniques uh that that you can see of like stripping everything down and having it just be the black with some some line drawings on it um mm-hmm. for for the lightning and for the for Pazu and Shida's reaction and those type of of animation styles I really liked yeah and and this this moment also had a sweet callback of something we didn't say before which was um Pazu is an orphan uh and his father uh had said that he had actually seen this castle before and gone through a storm to get there uh and they have a, a nice little callback while they're doing this of the father like kind of looking back at them going through the same kind of storm uh and with with the animations you were talking about the black and then the streaks of lightning um kind of coming down to 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 give uh motion to the darkness around it um so so this was it's the simplicity of it is is where the where it did it best is what, what, what was best about it yes exactly um and then they actually crash landed on Laputa. Uh, yeah, in, in a glider, I must say. There's, in in there's the glider. glider, yep. Again, <laughs> more gliders. Um, yeah, they they uh, they they find a, a nice uh, ecosystem of forest. They they meet up with tiny fox things that look, oh, what I would say, exactly like the foxes from Nazca yeah, ex- exactly like Tattoo. Yeah. Yep. It's another. It's another. Uh, a callback to a previous movie, which was nice. Yeah. Um, but more of them. There was more than one. I liked it. Yeah. Um, uh, then you find out that the 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 pirates were taken captive by the military, and the military are also on there. Um, and uh, while they're doing this, uh, Pazu and Shida are trying to find a way to get the pirates uh, to help them escape. Uh, but while this is happening, Sheeta ends up getting uh, kidnapped by uh, uh, Colonel Muska. And uh, this is when you find out that Colonel Muska is actually Romuska Palu uh, or Laputa and actually a cousin of of Sheeta and also a member of the, the family that is part of Laputa. Yep. And, and I put uh, in the notes, uh, luckily he, uh, unlike uh, Castle of Cagliostro, uh, does not try to marry his cousin in this movie. Yeah, which um, is better. He just he just you know decides to basically try to torture her instead. So that's that's better, right? Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, so so Muska, he he him and Sheeta and one other person at first go down into this like secret passage that the uh oh yeah and i i i, I want to point out like it's it was super peaceful um so much so that like the robot uh actually move had was moving the glider and Sheeta and pazu were trying to stop the robot and then you realize that the robot is trying to move the glider because the glider almost landed on a bird's nest yeah, you know. uh, and and I mean the, the top of this uh, of the castle here is is completely like it's it's a giant tree in the middle, and there's and there's a lot of wildlife and and flora. 
flowers and and it's it's very it's very beautiful and then below you have the castle itself which is where the military is and they are uh pillaging and pilfering as much as they can and stealing everything that they can they can find for treasure yep um, and then yeah and then we get into this secret passage with with muska and Sheeta, and it's all these floating cubes and really interesting looking you know stuff uh that they're just fl- kind of floating on these cubes because you find out there's a giant version of Sheeta's crystal that is what is powering this entire um this entire island and uh and uh muska then takes takes uh, Sheeta's crystal and starts to power it himself um starts to move all these blocks around and uh essentially murders a majority of the military yeah he, um, he, com- he yeah he completely turns on the government that he's spying on and helping for his own personal interests but a fun thing while this is happening is that uh pazu is having his own cloud city um luke skywalker falling through uh dangling thing under the castle here and trying to find a way in um uh while he's doing that uh muska shows that he there there's essentially a weapon of mass destruction in the bottom of this castle, you can blow anything up that he wants. He wants to essentially take over the the world with it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because the the crystal is powering. Yeah, it looks like a bunch of guns and yep. cannons. Uh, so so Muska kills kills a lot of the military, including uh, uh General Muro Jim Cum- Cummings, who himself, and uh, oh and- bother. While this is happening, uh, Sheeta steals the crystal back and goes on a, an escape. Uh, Pazu finds his way back in uh, to help her out. Um, there's a nice little scene where he's like on the other side of a of some foliage, and she like breaks through and gives the crystal to him um, to hide. <laughs> and then instead of hiding it and running away, he uh, as somebody trying to save the girl does instead forces himself back through there to go and help her yeah because he's got this like it looked like a a big flare gun almost but it was like almost a grenade launcher like a hand grenade launcher that yeah he's just blowing stuff up with um it was it was gifted to him by the pirates because he did he does save the pirates during this uh to, to get to this area um gets them uh, unties them and gets them back into their, um, not into their ship. Their ship is destroyed, but their little fi- uh, firefly ships that they were using earlier. Yeah, uh, dragonfly ships. There we go. Yeah, dragon. Yeah, um, dragonfly is a better analogy for those. And all uh, this time, the military is escaping because giant robots have been set loose on the entire thing. Uh, he he activates uh, uh, Muska when he did the weapon of mass destruction. He also activated all these robots to attack everybody. Yeah, and um, they're flying around, and that that was a really cool visual as well, of all the of all the robots flying around, and yeah, it was it was cool. And then he kills the rest of the military. <laughs> yeah, then he kills the rest of the military. Um, as as Pazu, um, in the the kingdom of uh, of dreams and nightmares, um, or dreams and madness, documentary. Uh, they did like a montage of like all of Miyazaki's films and they actually use the shot of 
Pazu running up the tunnel with the gun um, as as the shot from Castle in the Sky. As, they're go- uh, as they were going over Miyazaki's directorial timeline. Very nice. And then uh, they... So something we didn't mention earlier is that uh, Shida says that she was taught magic spells by her grandmother, I want to say. Yeah it, was her, yeah, it was her grandmother. And there was one she was told never to use, but the, she had to know the destruction spells to know the, the spells to heal or something of that sort. Yeah, this, yeah, she, yeah, she had to know... She had to know the evil spells to counteract and be able to use the good spells kind of thing. And this, but this is how she saves the day because she essentially uses, uh, uh, he permits, uh, uh, Pazu to have a moment to say goodbye to Sheeta. Uh, and he has the crystal in his hand. He whispers, he goes, tell me the spell, then say it with me. And they say it out loud and, and causes the, castle to start to crumble and come apart the crystal is is no longer going to be but before that you missed um one of my least favorite uh character moments of the entire movie where sheeta gets her pigtails shot off by muska (laughs) that's he's such a good shot that he literally shoots each pigtail off one at a time to shorten her hair I completely forgot about that. That was just so ridiculous. Yeah, it was just like, what is going on? Like, there <laughs> ends up being, a, like, a nice moment at the end um, because of this. But it was like, he just shot off her pigtails. Like, the whole time, I'm just thinking about um, Knives Chow from uh, Scott Pilgrim when uh, when Todd punches the highlights out of her hair. Yeah, that's it's a very good uh, cartoony uh, style yeah. uh, comparison there. Yeah, and it's like you shot off her pigtails, which also in her in shooting off her pigtails, like we've we haven't referenced this yet, but this is basically the proto design for Kiki. <laughs> oh yeah, very much so. Like she she very much looks like kiki and and that's also something that happens in miyazaki he recycles the looks yeah. of characters uh which i think is fine i think oh if, yeah if it, you it's, have a... it's fine it's just it feels like especially knowing this was before and it's like well this is like four years beforehand like we basically have kiki in this movie okay because um, it's it's blue dress bow in the hair and pigtails throughout throughout you know most of the movie and then at the end it's like oh blue dress bow in the hair short like shoulder length hair that's 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 kiki uh and then and then the end of the movie is is nice that the castle itself at the bottom falls apart the crystal is still rising and it's rising the actual the tree and the and the forest part at the top up into the sky um, and as this happens, the pirates are kind of lamenting, you know, thinking that, that, uh, that Sheeta and, uh, Pazu had died. Uh, but then they, they're, they're in the roots. They're, they're saved in the roots and they, they get the glider, I believe. And then they go back yep. down to the pirates and, and pair up with the pirates and you find out that, yeah, they, they say that, um, they got saved by the, ru- the roots, um and 
because what what Sheeta really did wasn't so much like she she kind of had had the crystal destroy, but what it ended up doing was basically the the city is going to fly into space now. Yeah. And so it keeps going up and then they find the glider and then glide down. And I actually really love the shot um, from behind the glider of the city starting to fade into the background as they fly away from it. Mm-hmm. And then they meet up with the pirates, as you were saying. And then you get another couple funny moments where you find out the pirates did find time to steal jewels and, and everything. And uh, uh, they, I think they ask if, they, uh, if they'll come and pirate with them, and they pretty much say, no, we're going to go and live quietly. Uh, and then, and then you just uh, quietly watch the uh, the tree continue to rise with the final song. It's it's a it's a nice ending. It's it's a easy easy ending. Um, um, the ending I, I wouldn't say the ending was disappointing, but it felt it felt easy. It felt like a like what was going to happen. Like what what, yeah. what was gonna yeah yeah. Um, and, and I like the little moment that the reason that uh, you discover that the pirates have stolen the treasure is actually because of this nice little tender moment of Dola just grabbing Sheeta and hugging her and be like, I know how much of a pain it is to lose your pigtails and hugging her tightly. And then that's when she realizes she stuffed rubies down her, her blouse. Yep. Um, uh, uh, now, now we watch the English dub, uh, as we are going to watch with, with all these movies. Um, sorry for all of you, uh, uh, subtitle enthusiasts. Uh, but there's, there's a few interesting stats I, that about the English dub. Okay. So that's different from the, from the Japanese, uh, original. Uh, so when they, when they changed it, uh, to American audience, one of the things that they did was that uh, they brought in uh, Joe Hisashi, um, and they commissioned him to rework and extend the original his original sixty minute electronic orchestral score into a ninety minute symphonic orchestral uh, score okay. because they felt it would be more palatable for American audiences. Okay, interesting. Uh, they also uh, and that was that was completely approved uh, by Miyazaki. He said that that he even listened to the score beforehand and and he he liked it. Okay. Um, they also added a, a, a lot of background chatter. So, like, the things that you were talking about in the scenes before of the, tear off your shirt. Like, that was added in. Um, I, was wonder- wanted- I was wondering about that. Okay. Yeah, they said that they wanted to uh, fill in moments of silence and increase the frenetic energy, uh, the frenetic effect of some scenes. Um, so, they, so they added these in to, uh, uh, to, to try to add in and keep the movie moving a little bit because they felt like it was going a little too... Uh, that some of those scenes slowed it down because of, because there wasn't the background. Okay. I, I can see that, but I also don't agree with it kind of thing, you know? Yep. I, 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 I'm okay with background lines being thrown in. It's, it's, it's happens a lot in animated films, like, um, especially in Disney and, and Pixar ones, they'll, they'll watch a movie, uh, and then they'll realize, Oh, we really need to add something to the scene. And then they'll, they'll bring in, uh, the actors again to just throw up random things with yeah. their character. That's yeah. That, yeah. That's why, especially time. like 
knowing you know the the pixar style of like that's why half of the uh animation directors are also end up being credited voice actors because they're those additional voices of like oh we had to throw a line in here we had to throw a line in here kind of thing um i i had already mentioned that that during the uh the dola gang dialogue the pirate dialogue um that they changed it to a declaration of love from uh a potential mother figure to a potential romantic interest okay um one other thing that they did was uh, they asked James Vanderbeek and Anna Paquin to um, try to sound a little bit older, uh, so that these that the kids can sound like they're in their mid-teens when actual in when actuality, uh, in the Japanese version, I believe they are like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, they I was gonna, them to... yeah, I was gonna say like, I, and and Pazu aging up um, makes sense because he's he's already kind of working and and doing this stuff. Um, already as as he's an orphan and trying to make it by himself um but yeah aging up uh Shida was a little interesting yeah it was it, it doesn't really play off as aged up though like their their voices yeah. still don't seem like mid-teens like i still saw them as like 13 yes uh, while watching this um so so did i um but yeah overall um i think I think this is a good movie. I think that it, it is. Um, I had mentioned last time uh, in the Nausicaa episode that at a Japanese media arts festival, Nausicaa was voted uh, uh, number one, the best animated film of all time okay. at that festival. Uh, this was actually voted number two in the same. Oh, in the, in the okay. same poll. Uh, so I, it, it's very well received. People really do enjoy this movie. It, it does show. Um, and if you're watching along with us, uh, which I hope you are, uh, it does have a lot of early, uh, as we said before, early art styles, uh, character design, uh, tropes, like a lot of early things that, that Miyazaki really expands on in some of the later movies. So with us that, that we've seen a lot of the later movies first, that might be one of the reasons why this doesn't resonate as well with us. Yeah. Um, because we know these, we know these these Miyazaki tropes, and we know that he does do them better later on. But being this is the start of some of those, just like Nausicaa was the start of a few of them as well. It's just it's something that uh, I just I very much appreciate. I I think that this is it, it's worthy of being talked about as one of the the better animated movies, especially when it comes to influence. Yes, I, I agree with that. And yeah, I think um, part of why um, it took a little while for specifically me to like rewatch it was, yeah, I was trying to get into that mindset of the time. And, you know, that's that's always more difficult um, to realize, like even when I was in film school, like going, you know, and seeing those old like 40s and 50s you know, detective movies and realizing it's like, okay, this feels really tropey, but you know, that's because these are where all the tropes came from. Um, whereas, you know, this is kind of the same thing of like, okay, I kind of know where these things are going to go and how this type of storytelling is going to develop, but it's not quite there yet. 
but it's very close and it still works very well at the time. Um, and it, you know, it ages fairly well too. Um, yeah, this is still, it's a very, it's watchable. Um, uh, so it's, it's, it's not something that's, you know, I had to force myself to try to get through, uh, the, especially that very first watch, watch through, um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Like I was, I was really into it. Um, the second watch through took a, was a little bit different because, you know, that's when I'm trying to, uh, watch with a, with an eye of somebody that's going to talk about it. Um, and that became a little bit harder on this one than it was in Nausicaa. Uh, but I think that's because there was less of those, those beat points that we really have to hit. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's what we, we, we said. So like, yeah, most of the time, um, we, how, how we've been doing this so far is we'll basically watch each movie at least twice, you know, in watching it once just to get kind of the general overall impression. Um, at least this is what I've been doing. And then going back and watching it a second time to do all of our, our more specific notes and then going back and rewatching like a couple scenes here and there um, to get, you know, more specific things out of it. And I generally actually have it on in the background while we're talking. So I can fast forward to certain scenes while we're ah. talking about them. <laughs> See, that's the thing of like us recording in separate rooms. I don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, overall, uh, I would say, uh, if you haven't watched it, I think that this is very much worth a watch. I think that this is a, a very good movie and I'm, I, I keep saying it, uh, it. It's better. It's better than, uh, it's a better movie as a whole than, uh, Castle of Cagliostro. And it's a better movie when it comes to being a beginning, middle end full on able to pack this in two hours movie than, than Nausicaa. Yeah. Nausicaa. Yeah, I was a better story but i needed more from it yeah i can see that like i i've i've so far in doing because halfway through our series we're going to do a re-ranking um episode so i've been keeping track and kind of putting things into place and it's like i still might have nausicaa just a touch ahead of this um but it's it's you know it's definitely better and actually through the course of this discussion i actually realized i enjoyed it more than i thought i did yeah i i have nausicaa ahead of this as well right now um because of the story like i said this is this to me is a is a better complete movie while nausicaa is a better story um and i think in the end uh the story and some of the animation points uh in nausicaa i think were also better like the like the uh the gargantuan uh monster at the end and yeah so yeah it'll be interesting as we see more and more of these of where the everything ends up going in our rankings yeah so this was a nice fun light-hearted movie and uh next movie we are facing or we are going to cover facing. <laughs> We will we will suffer through, but not in like you suffer as in it's a bad movie, but suffer as in like it's gonna be sad. Yeah, we're going to be weeping openly uh, during this. Um, but is it is our first uh, Ghibli guest uh, episode as well? 
Um, so we are going to be covering the Grave of the Fireflies. Grave of the Firecries. It's going to be difficult. Um, it is it is available for those of you watching along. It is available to stream on Hulu. Yes, it's it's one of the few that won't be on HBO Max. Uh, because of the uniqueness and we'll get into the uniqueness of the of the distribution for this yes. one when we talk about it um and yeah just a little heads up so it was actually a double feature release um along with uh my neighbor totoro oh couldn't be any more different between those two huh yeah um and <laughs> yeah we were, we were trying to figure out what to do first and we'll we'll talk about this more in the episode but uh it was a double feature and it was a double bill and they experimented a couple times on which movie to put on in which place and it seemed to for audiences they really enjoyed having grave of the fireflies first and then my neighbor totoro so that they could at least leave the theater happy uh whereas if you did My Neighbor Totoro and you're like, oh, that was so fun and whimsical. And then Grave of the Fireflies starts and you start weeping. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, such it a heart. It's such a good movie, but it's so like for those that you haven't seen it uh, really emotion wise. And I don't even know if it's no, it's pretty it's close to this level emotion wise, like. I'd I'd rank it up there in similarities to like Schindler's List. Yeah. Um. So, and we'll get into it more. Just just it's it is a, a lot of basis in in World War Two and and the atomic bomb and things like that. So there's a lot of basis going on there. So be prepared for that. It's it is going to be a, a little bit more of a emotionally draining movie but it is it is worth it due to the fact of how good the movie is itself so so don't be afraid to watch it if you're listening to this and be like i don't know if i want to do that it's yeah. still it's still it's such an amazing movie that that it's it's worth the watch it's yeah just gonna, it's, yeah it's, it's just so gonna, good uh, bring out some emotions in you so uh, any final thoughts on castle in the sky uh on castle in the sky like i said throughout this discussion i i really realized i enjoyed this movie a lot more than i i thought i did while i was taking notes and everything um there were some really interesting scenes like really really well animated scenes like it especially at the beginning it it felt like it was such a uh a chaotic pace you know and you got all that kinetic energy um going because it was you know Sheeta escaping from the airship then Sheeta and Pazu having to run from the pirates and the the railroad scene, and then you know get you get this lull in the in the caves to explain things, and then you kind of keep the lull going, and then you have this crazy you know castle battle with the robot and the robot chase, and then and you have you know a little you know, break in the tension on the ship and then rise back up for the, the conclusion. So it was, yeah, it was a really well done film, uh, as, as always. And yeah, like Miyazaki, uh, is a master. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, one one final the, the final thing I'll I'll end on is is just a little bit more on the the robots and the 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 ships that they use here, um, especially. So, so the robots are, are very coolly done, and and you can really see um, while watching it why you know steampunk was really there's there's gears in the eyes, and there's um, you can see them kind of come apart at times. You can see all the gears inside of them, which is really cool. Um, but the 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 dragonfly uh, airships, the the single to dual person airships that they use, are really really cool, and we didn't really give them a lot of justice here with with the way that they're they're portrayed in this movie. Like they're they, they've got like dual wings on the side that flap at very high speeds. Um, yeah, with it's just like this little like go kart. Um you know, chassis body, like, like almost the, you know, not quite like, uh, it's almost like a roller coaster, um, cart would be what I, yeah, very much. so. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're just really, really cool. And, uh, uh, you can find, uh, little videos here and there of people that try to do, uh, like drone, like they, they're, they're almost, they're, they're drone like as well, okay, with the, yeah. except the wings are kind of going up and down rather than, than circular. Um, and people kind of trying to do drones in the style of those. So, so that's kind of cool to look at that. They, they do make a couple of them fly. Um, uh, so that's, that's really neat. So I just wanted to point that out and, and it, and it, they, they were very influential, like I said, on steampunk culture and, and it's, you can really see where it comes from in this movie. But yeah, yeah, that's my final my final bit there. Yeah, and then Shane, uh, do your plugs. Uh, yeah, so um, check out uh, Fantasy Hangover. Uh, we did just have a new episode come out uh, probably a couple weeks ago at the, at the point of the, this release. Um, uh, just Carl and I discussing uh, uh, NCAA realignment. It's kind of fun little little bit. We're gonna try to get a couple of those out um, during the season. Um, just to break up the mediocrity uh since we can't really do it with consistency right now uh and then uh yeah some uh some character work uh still some discussion of that coming back in the future so uh you know might see some new episodes of that coming out soon cool um then yeah you can follow me as always at knocked out films on all social media uh subscribe to the youtube channel where this video is getting posted subscribe on itunes stitcher all those links are below uh and thanks for thanks for listening and watching uh be good to each other <laughs>